Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. We'll talk local sports in Richmond, Virginia with Gary Hess as we drive down Richmond Highway with the Czar. That's coming up at 2.15. Bill Roth for the Cowan Gates Hokies update at 1.30. And then going around the NFL at 1.15. Phone lines are open throughout the show. 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. Yesterday during the show, we found out live that Ben Johnson was not going to be coming to Washington. In fact, he decided to stay in Detroit, stay loyal to the Lions, and continue his contract and his role as the offensive coordinator. So if, ben, if not Ben Johnson, then who? It's the question of the day on the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for the phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. Who do you want to be the next head coach of the Washington Commanders? 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Stubb, did you feel like yesterday you had a Ben Johnson hangover? Right, like we hyped him up so much, and then he wasn't interested in the job, and it just kind of felt like we drank a lot of beer and we're just kind of sitting there drunk. I mean, I yeah. didn't know what to think. Like mentally, yeah, it was right? it was a slap to the face because we hyped him up for so long. The guys were literally in flight. Yeah, I, I think they're for, in midair for weeks. I was like, oh, Ben Johnson's Washington head coach. Yes, like I just I right. Was I was watching that. the Lions games like salivating over the fact that that was going to be our next offensive coordinator. I was watching the Lions games, taking notes on my phone and on my laptop about the certain plays that I liked and the certain formations that I really thought would be successful in Washington. Ooh, Amon Ross St. Brown can do that? Yeah, I think Terry McLaurin can do that too. I mean, Jameer Gibbs can do this? Yeah, Brian Robinson Jr. can catch the ball out of the backfield. I was watching Lions games, assuming that that was our next head coach. And you know what happens when you assume. You make an ass out of you and me. Well, Ben Johnson made an ass out of himself. I don't know how he handled that situation so bad. How do you not inform the commanders that you're staying in Detroit before they board the the flight? It's not a good look. It's not a good look. It's not a good look. And I agree with uh, J.P. Finley. I think that's going to come back to bite him when he ends up trying to get a head coaching opportunity in the future. Not if he plays. Not if he does as good. Maybe. I, I do think people are going to... I think people change their, their thoughts of him outside of football, right? Like, is he a good leader of men? A leader of men doesn't lead people yeah. to believing that you're going to interview them. I think it depends on, on how this story kind of settles nationally. Obviously, I'll hear. We're, we're in a bit of a, a, a making a muck about it. Yeah. But I, maybe if, if people are like, oh, he's loyal and he cares about his family and whatnot, it's not going to look bad yeah. for us. Yeah, 2024. AWOD's the year of the girlfriend, and everybody in the NFL is being loyal. How yeah, about that? Guess so. Bobby Slowick staying in Houston. I was also interested in him, right? The young offensive mind that was on the staff in 2012. So now it looks like it's going to be a defensive-minded uh, coach. Here's what I would advocate for. I want the commanders to go through this process again. Yep. Look, there's only you know two vacancies left, Washington and Seattle, all right? So it's not like it's a race, you know? Why don't we open it back up, all right? Open up the search and interview some more offensive minds. We only have defensive-minded guys left. You know, you never got to interview Ben Johnson. You never got to pick his brain <laughs> yeah, about true. what's working offensively in this league. We should be speaking to the best young offensive minds in football. That being said, 
I'm rooting for Belichick right now. I, I don't even. I don't think that's possible. And <laughs> several reporters who are like John Kime, check John Kime's Twitter. It's like every day he's tweeting for the thousandth time. Bill Belichick is not coming to Washington. Stubb, you might advocate for that. I'm advocating for it. I don't think it's happening. (laughs) If you want to chime in, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. Let's go to the phone lines. We've got Gene in Richmond. What's going on, Gene? Hey, hey, what? How you doing? How you guys doing, man? Doing pretty good. Wednesday. Good, good, man. I just want to say that did I miss something? Is is EB gone from the commanders? No, Eric Bieniemy still uh, he's still under contract, okay. and and they interviewed him okay. for the head coaching job, and he is he's a possibility. The thing is, Gene is, right. did he do enough this season for you to believe that he earned that head coaching opportunity? Um, uh, no, yeah. but I think um, my 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 thought process is, um, you know, he, he worked with what he had with what he had, yeah, and. I'm in the mindset of why not a defensive minded head coach again? Keep EB in place. If you're not going to promote him to head coach, you keep him in place. Yeah. Um, I think he's a good coach, a good offensive mind, and, you know, you don't throw, throw it all away. Um, so Gene, so Gene, I, let me let me let me say my take here, and I'm going to let you respond. All right, because I I agree with you. I've been an EB fan. All right, I, I've been a coach Eric Bieniemy fan since his time in Kansas City. I fell in love with him when he came to DC, and every time he spoke, I was inspired. And this guy's a leader. And from the first moment moment where he talked to Terry McLaurin, I was like, man, this guy's going to be spectacular as a head coach one day. And throughout the season, I, I loved some of the play calls. And I would argue to guys like Michael Phillips, I had this argument on the show that Eric Bieniemy was held back by Ron Rivera, and also the fact that the defense was 32nd in the league. So it's hard to judge him as an offense coordinator when the defense was that bad. But then the devil's advocate of it would be simply, he didn't like to run the ball at all. All he did was throw. And that's not how you win in this league. That's right. That's right. You, yeah. you got to run the ball. Um, I tell you, it, it's, you know, people say, to your point about the offensive play calling, People say, well, you know, how, you know, the offensive line and this and that. But, I mean, I, I guess you guys watched the same game I watched. When the when Jacoby came in with the same line, Yeah, the man threw, the man had over 100 uh, QB rates. Right. You know, in, in two or three series. So, you know, take a step back. You know, we're we on the right trajectory, I do believe. And I am going to get in the market for some season tickets because I think um, I I do think now's the time to buy stock. And and you're absolutely right about Jacoby Brissett. The offense was completely different with him at the helm. Stop it. They look good. When when I think about Jacoby Brissett's run, I just think about that Rams game where they spent eight minutes on the one-yard line. Yeah. And that makes me think Eric Bieniemy more than anything. I think that that was the low point for the commanders that se- I, you season. You know, the, yeah, I think... He, 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 he got a little cute sometimes. Yeah. He got a little cute sometimes. You know, a little cute cute. <laughs> but I think, you know, it's, it's, a, long, it's, a, it's a learning process, going, going process. So, go yeah. command. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, good yep. stuff, Gene. We appreciate you chiming in. 833-804-0910. I have said before, I'll say it again. I would not be upset if Dan Quinn was hired as the head coach. 
I, I love the job he has done in Dallas, and I thought he was tremendously successful in Atlanta. I mean, the freaking Falcons made the Super Bowl with Matt Ryan. So if Dan Quinn's the head coach, he's got good connections around the league, but I wouldn't be mad if Dan Quinn was the head coach and Eric Bieniemy was the offensive coordinator. With that being said, I don't want to start Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett again. I yeah. want to draft a quarterback. That, that because makes I just I look at this and I say, what is the ceiling with Dan Quinn and Eric Bieniemy and the two quarterbacks we have on the roster right now? Nine wins? Nine wins ain't gotten you playing for the Lombardi. Yeah. Right? It's... And uh, I just think anytime you get the number two overall pick, you have to swing for the fences. you got to try to get a Joe Burrow or a Josh Allen. And you want to pair that guy with a young offensive mind. So uh, it, I wouldn't be upset if they ran it back with Dan Quinn and Eric Bieniemy. I would be upset if they ran it back with Dan Quinn, Eric Bieniemy, and Sam Howell. Yeah, I, I'm losing my hope for Kirk 2.0. If it's Dan <laughs> Quinn, EB, I, right. I don't think we're doing that. I think that's going to be a full start over, get a draft a QB, which I don't want. Yeah, and and there is something, too, that Josh Harris was a trust-the-process guy in Philadelphia. He might be looking at this as more of a long-term project. I still think Michael Phillips called this, that by the time the Commanders have a new stadium, they will have a new name, and by then they will be a contender. And so this could be a three- or four-year process where, hey, why don't we give Eric Bieniemy a shot to be the offense coordinator again with a Dan Quinn? We can blow these guys out in two years and try again. You know, I I think that, look, they've got the number two overall pick. They've got five draft picks in the first 100. It's going to take 10 to 15 draft picks for them to get the talent level that San Francisco and Kansas City has. It's not an overnight fix. They've got a lot of money in free agency, but you need to build through the draft. I think it's going to take multiple years of drafts. We might be facing another low win season. Oh, yeah. I I, I think that eight is probably our high for next year. And get ready for that. Yeah, (laughs) get ready for it. But um, but Gene's ready to buy season tickets. Hey, I'm all in on on FedEx having a home field advantage again. We haven't had that, it feels like, in 20 years. At least we had that one year in 2012 where RG3 got everyone excited, and then after that, it was garbage once again. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the Fan. Phone lines are always open, 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. 910 The Fan will be headed out on the road, MP on location, and AWOD on the road, Vegas, for the Bud Light Big Game Week, presented by Bud Light. Five live shows from Las Vegas. It's going to be a ton of fun, and you can actually bet on these early prop bets. How about this one right now, Stub? On the line right now to win your $5 back that you owe me. <laughs> Coin toss. Is it going to be head or tails? <laughs> well, there is that that slight statistic uh, favorability to heads. Well, I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's what? 5149. No, it's not. Yeah. Was one of the sides weighs more? No, it doesn't. Yes, it is. That is such a lie. No, it's not. One of the no, sides weighs more. I, I took more stuff statistics on it. in class that it's it's exactly even. No, they, they did not teach you that. In, that no, it, they did. The, the coin the is more, not weighted evenly. And the more you flip it, if there's more heads coming up, it doesn't change the probability. The statistics no, stay I know, the same. I, I know, but it's a slight, like a slight favorability to heads. I mean, that just seems unfair. I agree. But I, I'm just saying you that's think how you think coins they, aren't made. You think all of the okay. coins that the NFL flips so the NFL, are lopsided? The NFL might, have, might grab non-standard issue coins. Yeah. Like if you if you take a quarter and flip it, uh-huh. that's uneven. Really? Yeah. 
I've never heard of this before. This if, if you think Stubb is making this up, call in right now. 833-804-0910. The, the NFL might get a more evenly weighted I, disc. I would assume that they're going to make it fair. <laughs> so you're taking me. You're taking heads. I'll take heads. Have I'll you never heads. heard of Tails Never Fails? No. <laughs> You've never heard that before? Oh, oh you're so kidding you me. have you have a... a, a, a I'm a, a tails phrase, guy. I'm a tails guy. And I guy. have I have math. You have math, I have a phrase. I'm taking tails. We'll put the five bucks on the no, line. No, I'm not doing that. All right, not we're putting the five dollars on the line. I'm not putting $5 on the You already owe me $5. I'll give you $5. I'm not giving you another $5 right, I'm, on I'll this put coin it, I'll put it on FanDuel. All right. All right Sign up, promo code AWOD. All right, let's go around the NFL here on NFL Hits. Every regular season matchup, every head coach on the hot seat, the hit stories in the NFL, NFL Hits on AWOD Radio. All right, so the big story in the NFL yesterday was loyalty. That was the big loyalty. word everyone used, loyalty. Ben Johnson staying in Detroit, Bobby Slowick staying in Houston. In fact, the quarterback's coach in Houston was getting interviews. He decided to stay in Houston as well with C.J. Stroud. So we wanted to break down right now just what exactly went down yesterday. What the hell happened? How did we get to this point where Washington... This advisory board, Josh Harris, I'm calling him the Jedi Council, he put together. They did a great job to grab Adam Peters, the hottest name candidate out there to be the GM. They're on a plane mid-flight to Detroit when they're notified that Johnson was taking his name out of the running and would be returning to Detroit. How the hell did we get to this point? How did Washington get fooled so badly, thinking that Johnson was interested? Did it come down to money? Was it power? Was it the talent that he has in Detroit? Was it the situation with Adam Peters coming in here and Ben Johnson knew that Adam Peters would have the final say? Since when was loyalty his top priority? Well, let's take a listen to what some of the national pundits think. We'll start with Pat McAfee breaking it down on his show. Ben Johnson will be back with Detroit next year. Unfinished business, says the offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions, who for the last two coaching hiring cycles has seemingly been the bell of the ball but has not taken a job. The Carolina Panthers allegedly wanted him very bad two years ago. He said no. This particular offseason, he was linked to the commanders heavily. Now he is informed. MCDC. Aaron Glenn, what? Jared Goff, Jamo. I don't want to roll through all the weapons. Laporta, Dibbs, Montgomery, Reynolds, Amon Ross, St. Brown. And said, boys, we got close, but we didn't get the job done. Let's run it back. And if Aaron Glenn stays, this is something that none of the Lions fans could have expected, especially with the year that they had this year. All season long, Ben Johnson was gone. Aaron Glenn was gone. I can't believe this is happening. This is the difference between the same old Lions and the brand new Lions. We are building something very, very special. I think the Lions are going to be around for a very long time. This is awesome. I assume, so, I assume Sheila Ford Hamp had to bump up. Sure. For sure. She did last year, I so I assume she will be doing it. So I totally understand season. unfinished business, right? Like, that part of it I understand. Yeah. The Lions are so young. Sam, they just drafted Sam Laporta, right? He's they just great. drafted Gibbs. Amon Ross St. Brown is young. They're so talented, right? Yeah. Hutchinson on the defensive side of the ball, basically a defensive player of the year. They're going to run it back. So I understand that side of like Ben Johnson's thinking. What I don't understand is the commander side of it, right? Like, how did they not look at this and think well, there's a chance Ben Johnson could decide to stay in Detroit? How do we not have more offensive coordinator options out there? This is where review things differently. Okay, I I don't think that they had all were all in on Ben. Okay, all in on offensive. 
I think that they he was a top candidate. Yeah. But I, I don't think that this was a complete blindside leading to a scramble that, that well, a lot of people did. think. I think the, the fan base has gotten so Ben Johnson sided that we thought that they were like that. Yeah. But I don't. I don't know if they were like that. That's a good point. And they did. They didn't say offensive minded or defensive minded. Yeah, they, they said, never said that. Leader of men. Yeah. Leader of men. We just were convinced that Ben Johnson was a good leader of men. Yeah. I think this is our expectations leading Versus us the to reality. believe that they were going this way, but maybe they never planned on Ben Johnson. Yeah. We'll find out. I guess as more uh, gets uncovered. Brady Quinn from CBS Sports had had a good take on this. Brady Quinn, uh, Notre Dame quarterback, longtime NFL QB. Handsome human being. Let's take a listen to Brady Quinn. Well, look, just from having a small cup of coffee and being around Ben Johnson back in 2014, I mean, I'd say he's a pretty pragmatic guy. He understands the decisions that he's making, why he's making them. And I think in this particular case, he probably looked at both situations and then think it was in his best interest to move on and take that opportunity to become a head coach. You know, Pete's going to talk about strike while the iron's hot. That's for someone who's more smoke and mirrors. Ben Johnson's legit. We've seen it now for a couple of years as a play caller. Uh, he's going to be one of the brightest minds, at least offensive minds, in this league for quite some time. He'll continue to get head coaching opportunities. I think what he's probably realized more than anything else is it only takes one year. And one of these owners can move on from you in a heartbeat. And so you want to make sure you're comfortable with the situation that you're going to professionally and personally. And clearly, he feels like he's in a good spot now. And there's no reason to take a job that he doesn't feel comfortable with right now. So this is huge for Dan Campbell, huge for Jared Goff, huge for the Detroit Lions, trying to keep that continuity as they head into next year and trying to make another Super Bowl run because the NFC North division is going to be more difficult. That's a good point because it almost makes me feel like Ben Johnson, you know, this postseason – this season as a whole was such a big confidence booster for him. Like yeah. everyone viewed it as, oh, he's the heir apparent to be the next head coach and one of the you know vacancies around the NFL. But this guy saw the national attention he was getting, and everyone's watching his play calling and thinking, wow, it's so successful. I think it was just a confidence booster for him to go out and keep doing it. Right? Like he, I think he thinks after this coaching cycle. Well, I'm going to be wanted for the next three years because of all the film that I put on tape from this season. Yeah, and, and Washington's an unknown. Right. It's a new owner. It's everything. It's a new, new quarterback. It's a new team. Right. He wants There's a Super Bowl. There's going to be a new name. There's going to be a yeah. new stadium. He, he wants a Super Bowl. I, and I think he probably heard the interviews where Ron Rivera said, part of the job I was babysitting. Right? I wasn't just being a coach. I had to deal with PR stuff. I yeah. had to deal with the name change. You know, and... Detroit's not as big as a media market as Washington, D.C. No. <laughs> I mean, they would have destroyed him after any loss, you know. Yeah. So, so uh, But I, for me, I, I, think I, I think this is what Ben Johnson's mindset was. Was At first, it was like, wow, I love this national attention. I think I'm going to get a good job offer. To the point where it was, man, look at this national attention I'm getting. I really am the SHI blank, you know. <laughs> I think that's what he, 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 he thinks he's the, he's the only thing uh, that smells around him. It's him. He smells good. That's what he's thinking. Is that so? He's the, you think he's got an ego problem? Oh, I think I think that this was the biggest ego boost. I mean, does he not sound like he has an ego problem? Oh yeah, you're you're mid flight. Yeah, don't even worry about coming here. Uh, I'm not gonna take the job. Don't interview me. Yeah, you can talk to Aaron Glenn. That's fine. He's gonna stay in Detroit too. But like, I don't need to tell you earlier in the day. I can wait until you're mid flight because I've got a big ego. I tell you what, if we're a Detroit radio station, yeah. we're psyched right oh, now. Oh, they're this so is, fired up. This is they're a great so fired day up. to yeah. be a Detroit 
fan. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear what Pete Prisco of CBS Sports had to say about the latest with Ben Johnson staying with the Lions. I'm Chris Hassel. We have Pete Prisco with us as well. Pete, how do you make sense of this? You don't. Uh, uh, it's, <laughs> it's just a weird situation because one of two things happened. Either he found out he wasn't getting either of those two jobs, which I don't think is the I case. I don't believe that yeah. part. Or he feels like second. he's not ready that was, to take That was going on yesterday on social media. It was like it was like the commanders leaked that, yeah, we didn't want Ben. We informed <laughs> we him that we weren't interested. That's just okay. such a lie. Yeah, that- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that, but I saw several people were running with it, right? Like, like Michael Phillips said, Adam Schefter tweeted that the money spooked some people. And then he followed it up by saying, well, well it didn't come down to the money. Yeah, if you're not tuned into this as a Washington fan and you... Oh, someone says, oh, they didn't want him. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, Then you move on. You didn't hear, you know, everyone on the radio wave saying it's going to be Ben Johnson for three weeks. Right. And then it's not. And then it's not. And they don't even get to interview him. <laughs> I think that's the part that trips me up so much is that I kind of like looked at Josh Harris so far as this unbelievable owner that got the GM everyone wanted, put together the advisory board. They knocked on doors that other teams weren't knocking on. Right. Like we were getting interviews that not every team was getting around the NFL. Yeah. Last year, Ben Johnson denied interviews. This year, he said yes to the commanders. And he changed his mind. Then he changed his mind when they were on their way to Detroit. It's unbelievable. If you want to chime in, give us your thoughts. Why did Ben Johnson turn down the commanders? 833-804-0910. And who does Washington turn to next? 833-804-0910. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Things just got a little more difficult for the Washington commanders and their head coaching search. Mike McDonald leaving Baltimore at 36 years old to become the next head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. How crazy is this stat, Stubb? They went from a 72-year-old and Pete Carroll cut that in half, 36 with McDonald. (laughs) They just said, hey, we believe in the youth movement around the league. But which one has more energy? Right. Probably, probably Pete, Carroll. Pete Carroll. You can't win the game in the first quarter. <laughs> I, I just love Pete Carroll. I think the commander's got to give him a call, right? I, they've got to open up the search now again yeah. and bring in some offensive-minded guys. You can't just say, like Michael Phillips just texted me, it's going to be hard to convince the fan base that your first choice is the guy that you hire when you waited so long to do it. Yeah, it It's going to be hard to convince people yeah. they got their guy. And Dan Quinn. Yeah. Like that's just not going to. It's not going to work. So we'll be following the latest of this as it happens. Make sure you stay locked to 910 The Fan for all the latest on the Commander's head coaching search. But joining us right now for the Cowan Gates Hokies update, it's Bill Roth. What's going on, Bill? Good afternoon from Blacksburg. How's everyone in Richmond today? We're doing pretty good, man. Uh, We're not talking college hoops, though, because I am depressed after the Rams blew a 20-point lead last night. (laughs) Feels feels sorry for Coach Odom. We're happy here the... uh, ACC announced its uh, all-conference, all-academic team today. Mm. And the quarterback, Kyron Drones. Nice. Running back, Basil Tootin. How about that? Yeah. Both of our kickers, Peter Moore and John Love, made that uh, team. Hey, uh, what, is, what is Drones like when you, when you talk to him? What is Kyron Drones like? He is all business. Okay. <laughs> so Kyron Drones... When he transferred from Baylor, and I think we, we probably talked about this a year ago, right? He didn't come here to sit, right? Right, right. Um, he, he was the backup at Baylor in his home state where he won a state title in the biggest classification in that state playing for his dad. And he was down, right? He's in Waco. Beautiful stadium, great school, all that stuff. We know. 
um, he said, I'll come to Virginia Tech. Well, am I going to start? And they told him, you got to win the job. And he has been so focused. He's always carrying the playbook, right? He takes everything seriously. And it shows in the classroom, too. I mean, you, you just don't walk into campus and, like, bang out A's. And, and he's majoring in sociology. Mm. Um, but but that's, that, that's another example, right? Like, he did very well on the football field, and he's doing really well in the classroom. He does great in the locker room as a leader. And I think people look up to him because he's a smart guy. Like, you know, he made some mistakes early. Remember the first couple games at Rutgers and then Marshall? And, and he, he didn't make the same mistake twice. Right. And, and I think that's what, you know, he's 6'3", and he's, like, he's a big horse, man. Like, he's a big dude, 230, and who knows what he'll be when we open the season in the fall. But that he, he, he's not loud. He's not a... a, a a boisterous kid. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a friendly guy, but he's very, very smart. And he, this was a this was a very big decision for him and his and his family to leave Texas to come here. Yeah, and he, he's not wasting it. Like there's no wasted energy. There's no wasted time. He, he's doing his work in the weight room. He's doing his work in the QB meeting room. He's doing his work in the classroom, and it shows. And I'm I'm really happy for him because he's a delightful guy. He's a he's a really good guy. And if you've heard him. Uh, in interviews on our broadcasts here here in, in, whenever we have him on he's very articulate and mm-hmm. uh he, but he thinks things through i like that yeah I, I love the the business you know professional approach from him you know it is like semi-professional sports you know with nil well, and everything yeah but you know what he's the son of a head coach right yeah, right so you can say all right so you can, i mean i don't know this but you could imagine he's like if you're going to transfer to virginia tech right you better you, you better get this done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You better you're, you're not messing around. You're going to class. You're not missing a meeting. You're not missing a weight room session. You're you're gonna, and and when Wells won the job, nary a peep out of him. Right. Good teammate. Yeah. And I like guys like that. Right. Yeah. And there's so he, much excitement for this offense. Mm-hmm. You know, moving forward next year. What do you think Drones needs to improve on? Ooh, I think he'll just improve because he's in that, that, that room every day yeah. with, with Tyler Bowen and, and looking at things. And, and now and, that he and knows. And team chemistry will be improved, too. Yeah, it was really good towards the end of the year. But I think, you know, now he knows, okay, the Hokies open. They've got, you know, this game in week one and this game in week two. And they can go back and start looking at tape of those people. You know, who? how does this defensive coordinator play? And, and, and I'm imagining, like most quarterbacks in their second year, and then he'll be back you would hope, in 25 in their third year, things start to slow down for them. And once you've seen the same defense a couple of times or the same defensive coordinator, if they've switched teams and you're playing against this guy with his new team, you have a sense of what he's going to do. Uh, you know, the reason everything everyone is so high on the Hokies is they bring back all those offensive linemen, all those receivers, Tootin and the quarterback, right? So when, you've got, when you're bringing everybody back, that you know, and, and then they fill these holes on defense through the portal, they're going to be really highly touted but i'm proud of the guys in the classroom you know we don't i know we don't keep standings of of who wins in the classroom and and you know you know fans don't necessarily care oh we have the highest gpa great i I, it's something to be proud of but but you got to win games and everyone knows that right i mean yeah like even the academic advisors who work with the guys know that you've got to win games but i can tell you i can tell you being around them like now it's like first of february tomorrow like they're really happy to be honored academically that's like awesome. that's that's just it, it, it's just like being named all conference, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah, I'm the I'm I'm a starting quarterback in a power five team, and I'm a, I'm the quarterback 
all ACC quarterback academic team. That's something to be happy for for the kid and his and, and his parents. Right? I mean, mm. they made a leap to come here, and it's working. This is the Cowan Gates Hokies update with Bill Roth. Let's talk a little Lady Hokies, sixteen and yep. four on the season, seven and two in conference play. They got Georgia Amore back, three game win streak. She scores twenty nine points. Uh, big game coming up against Virginia tomorrow. Tomorrow night, yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, can we go back to Sunday? So the Hokies are on the road at Syracuse. Yeah. Hokies are both teams are ranked. Tech I think was seventeenth, and SU was twenty two. They're at the dome. Biggest crowd of the year for Syracuse. They're red hot. Have not lost a home game. Um, they, they, you know, the, it's not like a men's game. I think it was like six thousand people in there, but that's still a lot for Syracuse. It was their biggest crowd of the year and biggest home game of the year for them. And the Hokies go on the road, and it was twenty-three to nine Virginia Tech after the first quarter. And, and I was talking with with some of the people in the program actually yesterday about it. I said that's what elite teams do. You know, you go on the road, it's a big game, the crowd's all about it, they're going crazy at the Dome, and they just went in there and just, like, played so well in the first quarter, and that was the ball game. They're yeah. up 14, Syracuse, you know, I think they cut at the six or six or five at one point, but never led, and, you know, they won going away at the end, and I just thought that that, that team took a step forward because Syracuse did a really good job defensively on Kitley and tried to push Tech around a little bit. It was a really physical game. It reminded me of, of one of the old Big East games where basically you could do whatever you want in the post. And, and it was the same. It was called the same for both teams. No one really complained about it. But the way they won on the road. Uh, so, yeah, now they're 16-4, and four, uh, and, and they've got UVA in here tomorrow night, and we'll see if they can keep it going. Yep, should be a good one. Hey, let's uh, speak on the men for for a mm-hmm. second here. Uh, they were also were on a three game win streak and then lost to Duke seventy seven sixty seven. I certainly felt like they had their chances in that game, uh, just couldn't get enough stops defensively. Yeah, the ACC is wild, isn't it? I mean, Duke loses to Georgia Tech, Carolina loses to Georgia Tech. Uh, it's you know we've got a good league. It's not a great league, and anyone you know, it's, but it's not bad. It's a really good league, yeah. and we'll have more. I know Joe Lenardi keeps saying there are only going to be three or four ACC teams in the tournament. It's going to be five. I almost guarantee. Yeah, it. they're going to do fine, and, and they're going to get some teams in. And, and over the last, no matter what year break you look at, like over the last five years, the ACC's got what thirty-eight NCAA tournament wins, and they're winning sixty-four percent of their games in the tournament. You know what hurts the ACC? I was talking about this on another show this morning, Adam. Mm. Like people, if Duke and Carolina aren't going thirty-two and two, then the ACC's down. Yeah, right. And and I understand that from like a national perspective, but like two thousand thirteen, Syracuse made the Final Four. In twenty sixteen, Syracuse made the Final Four. They were in the ACC, right? My, Miami made the Final Four last year. Right. They're in the ACC. There's right. other teams. I think Miami's getting in right now, and they're in like seventh place in the ACC. I know. There, there's other teams in our league. We love the success that Duke and UVA and Carolina have had. Like, we're proud of that. Like, Duke's one of the best programs in the country. UVA, traditionally, Carolina, UVA's won national championships. Everyone in the league is proud of that. Mm-hmm. But, like, look at Florida State's record over the last 15 years. They're really good. And well, look at Miami has done. They're really good. And, and uh, you know, they're in our league, too. And I think, our, you know, the Hokies had some really good teams with buzz, right? Yeah. Sweet 16. You know, and I, I just think, you know, it, it, it's kind of funny. So here, here's how I tied this together. Like, 
South Carolina men's basketball team, right? The Gamecocks are 18 and 3, right? 18 and 3 in the SEC. They've beaten Kentucky, right? They beat Tennessee, right? Yeah. They're not even ranked. <laughs> How can that be? Right. Is, is, is the Southeastern Conference doesn't get respect. It's it's just we we need to wash like, like cleanse the palate. Like South Carolina was picked dead last in that league. They're really good. South Carolina might be an elite eight basketball team this year. They deserve to be ranked, even though they are quote a football school, or even though people didn't expect them to be this good. How can an SEC basketball team coming into February be in second place in that league, 18-3 and three, with wins over UK and the Vols, and be unranked? Mm-hmm. Is that possible? Right. Like any other team would be ranked. So, but, and I think that's what the ACC is suffering from right now. There, there are other good teams in our league. Just like there's, you know, in the SEC, Auburn's good and South Carolina's good. There's good basketball teams in, in every league. There's good teams everywhere. And I, I think in a way the ACC's a little underrated uh, even this year, particularly when people start um, projecting the tournament. There was an interesting article that Fran Fraschillo retweeted about how the Big 12 has kind of gamed the net. Right. Uh, and and that, that if everybody in your league going into league play is in quad one, right, be, then every win you get is a quad one win. Yeah. And so, oh, we're going to get 11 teams in the NCAA tournament. And I'm like, all right, I see it. And I do think the Big 12 is probably the best league overall again this year. It's probably the second or third year in a row, uh, but the, based on who they've got. But it's funny, like, I'll get off this tangent in a minute, but like when Kansas loses at West Virginia, okay, which they did, right? Mm-hmm. Or if Texas loses to West Virginia, that's not a bad loss for Kansas. But when North Carolina loses to Georgia Tech, everyone goes crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. why? Yeah. Like, West Virginia, like, they're a program in limbo that likely could still lose 20 games. And, you know, but they've had some good wins over Texas. It, 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 it's, it's just like Kansas can lose to anybody, and it's not a bad loss. And if the Tar Heels stub their toe, you know, the sky is falling. I right. just, I don't get it. I, I, think our, I think they're really good. I think the Tar Heels are a Final Four team. Not that I'm a Carolina fan, but I'm just in general, if you watch them play, like that team could, that's a Final Four caliber talent-wise team. And they're, they're, they've solved the chemistry issues that they had from a year ago. They're, they're real. I'm looking forward to seeing the Hokies play down there in a couple of weeks. We go to Miami this week. Hokies and Canes Saturday at noon uh, in Coral Gables. Miami's coming off a loss, too. They lost to NC State. So we'll see how it goes. Bill, always appreciate it, man. Good stuff. Good to talk with you. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll uh, we'll uh, talk again next week. Yep, that was the Cowan Gates Hokies Update with Bill Roth here on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the New Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for the Nats, the Caps, the Wizards, VCU Basketball, UVA, Virginia Tech, and the Washington Commanders. We're live and local from 12 to 3 p.m. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio. Got MP on the mic, Michael Phillips, from 10 to noon. And I had to tell his producer, JC, on the mic today that I don't want him listening to my show anymore (laughs) because he stole my top ideas for dude food for his segment. They're calling it uh, Richmond Restaurants or something, Richmond Eats. Now JC's got his own topic. No, he can talk about it. But not until after I've already talked about it. He, he spoiled the lead. Bingo's changing their menu. That's the lead story as we do in an impromptu dude food on the fan. Dude food. 
We are not responsible for the content of this program or anything we say when we're really hungry. Where's my food? Dude, where's my food? The most delicious food you've ever tasted. Yes! Yeah. How can he piss off a flip flop? <laughs> he loves food. Dude! Food! All right, so we've got the traffic reporter in with us here as well. Uh, it's Brian. You're, that that headphone's kind of all over. It's tangled all over the place here. <laughs> I can uh, hear that. But Brian, thanks for stopping by. Thank you. What's what is the what is your favorite place to go eat around Richmond? You know, there was a place that was in town that closed. It's still my favorite, called Pie Five. It was awesome. It was a pizza place, and you would walk in, and they would make like a, I don't know, maybe a seven-inch pizza uh-huh. that you could literally just sit there in ten minutes and eat it. A personal pan. Exactly. I love that. But um, I would probably say, I'm not real big on going out to like places to eat, mm-hmm. you know, where you sit down. Um, but I think probably that Cooper and Hulk place out there at Short Pump, that's yeah. freaking fantastic. That is a really good place. <laughs> that is a really good place. You know what place is growing on me? Re- uh, recently, because I just think it's a really good atmosphere, is Boulevard Burger and Fries. Love that place. Right? It's really just, do love that it place. It is like an old school diner yeah. vibe, kind of feels like the 90s. Uh, the, I, I thought the burgers were going to be average. They're much better than average. And the wait staff is like the nicest wait staff oh, in Richmond. They're super nice. They're, yeah. they're very communicative and like personal yeah it's, it's very nice i, I yeah. really like i really like them there and don't sleep on the corn dogs there really good uh, corn dogs where is this? Oh, so this is in your neighborhood there, yeah yeah right? but okay. it's like you know it's right near the diamond you can okay, go to a sure. squirrels game and then right. grab, grab a burger after that but one of the local spots that a lot of people hit up on fridays and saturdays in scott's edition is bingo beer company all right and and i support bingo uh they've got like an arcade Bar setting there. They've got good their games. own they beer. Got good games. Friday nights, I always say Friday at 11 p.m. If you want to find a girl, if you're single, that's the place to be. Uh, <laughs> How late again? 11 p.m. 11 p.m. 11 p.m. on the dot. If you get there at midnight, hits, oh the, yeah, that's not the crowd you want. Yeah, and once <laughs> it hits 11, the people that got there early and haven't found anyone yet are starting to get a little desperate, probably. There you it's, go. It, that's a good window. I, I see what you before mean. Before 11, they can smell the desperation uh-huh. on you. At midnight, they're like uh, they're hammered. You don't want them. Yes. 11, eleven is a good time. They're getting desperate too. Yeah. Speaking like it's a, some it's experience a... stub on that. Or? Yeah. No, I sure am not. No. <laughs> just making sure. Yeah. I'm just uh, uh, I'm, I'm piecing this together. Stub. Any luck with the ladies? No luck with the ladies. Right, I we'll downloaded. I downloaded it, Tinder. Oh really? Uh, two days ago. I'm there we go. I'm back on the. I like the <laughs> Back hunger. on the grind. I like it. Don't so, ask the traffic reporter in if he's heading. Yeah, no, no, no. Be no. So Bingo Beer Company. It's a good place to hang out. But I've always thought. The food was terrible. Like, like honestly, I like bar food. That's not good bar food. It Never was, tried it. It was, yeah, it was given. It gave me a stomachache a few times. <laughs> really like their beer, like hanging out there. But I was telling my friends, like, let's not order food there. All right. Well, I might be changing my mind. They're bringing on Brittany Anderson, who is a a, a local chef and a restaurateur, to make their food. All right. So here's what's happening. Uh, the wow. five-year-old arcade bingo. Beer company, all right, restaurant and brewery is bringing in a big deal chef named Brittany Anderson to put together a new menu that is going to be a pizza driven food focus. Okay. Uh, she is, of course, the chef and owner of Brenner Pass. It's a really fancy pinky up restaurant in Scott's <laughs> Edition, Black Lodge. Um, she's also a top chef contender. I've heard really good things about her. So they're going to do pizzerias and also like a jersey shore type of sandwiches also boardwalk inspired sandwich apps and salads i'm gonna have to have to check it out because like 
I just love this article by Axios because I think they pointed out that bingo has everything except for killer food. That is what was I think was holding them back from being like dominant in Scott's edition. I think that's kind of part of the rise of River City Roll. It's people realizing how good their food yeah. is with the pizza. When I've been to and bingo, you get the late not, night environment, not too, too crowded, right. which I like. I like it's a really huge kind of empty space, which yeah. I think is to its benefit. Yeah, but uh, this food so you, might bring the people in. Yeah, so you can begin to associate Pac-Man and pinball machines with good food. Is there you go. Saying? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly. That's good to know. I'll what keep I'm that saying. in mind if I uh, want to go do that. The owners of Lalo's Cochina Bar and Grill just closed. They're planning to reopen the restaurant on Patterson Avenue, uh, per Richmond Magazine. And then, how about this one? This is an interesting one. Do you remember Mojo's? Did you ever go to Mojo's? Uh, I did. Right actually, on yes. campus. Yeah. Great mm-hmm. subs. There was one in the West End as well on Patterson yes. Avenue. Um, Tito's Taqueria is going to be one of the two restaurants going into the former Mojo space. And uh, that seems to be closer to an opening. So that's kind of interesting. And then the last thing I wanted to get to here was the massive restaurant and rooftop that used to be Postbellum. When I was in school, if you heard of Postbellum, it's right on the fan. Okay. I think it's on Carrier, Maine. Right. Uh, It had a really good bar and restaurant and also a really cool rooftop to hang out on. Well, it's been closed for a while um, and they are actually going to find a a new space for it, or a new retail for that space. So that's, that's awesome. pretty cool. Yeah, good. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. A lot of new stuff coming out here in Richmond locally. What other dude food news do you want to bring up, Stubb? I, I found a list of the top 50 most popular fast food. Okay. Like, this is interesting, but, yeah. but it's a poll, and it, and it gave everyone the 50, and it was yes or no. So it's it's what... Most people liked. All right. So it's a bit confusing. So just give me the top two. The top two. Number two, Dairy Queen. I love Dairy Queen. Love Dairy Queen. I mean, yeah, you gotta give it to Dairy Queen. I love you Dairy, Queen. Dairy Queen. I'm a DQ mark. <laughs> people hand. sleep on their buffalo sauce, their chicken tenders. I mean, how cool is it that this ice cream place takes your ice cream and then turns it upside, it upside down, down right in your face? It's like they're showing you, yeah. You know we got good scream here. We got the good. I closed the Dairy Queen near my house, though, unfortunately, several oh, really? years back. Turned it into a Domino's. Really? <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. Well, so, I I love that list now. I I do love Dairy Queen. There's a viral video of a, a fast food worker uh, dumping out someone's soda and then saying, "Sorry, I used to work at Dairy Queen." <laughs> <laughs> they, they held a cup and they flipped yeah, it right they in the car, it right in front of you. Yeah. And then number one is Baskin Robbins. Really? I don't like Baskin Robbins. I've had Baskin Robbins Robbins ice cream. I don't know that I've ever had. Like so, do, do they do like a Dunkin' Donuts bit where they do no, like breakfast sandwiches and stuff? No, I think it's just ice cream, and they included it in this list. Really? I got, think they're co-owned with Dunkin' Donuts. It got, so oh, sometimes really? you see them as a combo. 70, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seventy-five percent said they like Baskin Robbins, making That's it the highest. I do love a combo, right? Like a Baskin Dunkin' Donuts. The best combination is though is a. Taco Bell Pizza Hut combination. Oh, uh, that yeah. yeah, they've had those around uh, here. Oh, sure. dude, they oh, had yeah. they had a they had a Taco Bell Pizza Hut in Northern Virginia. But the one combination I went to all the time after soccer practice in Burke was the Taco Bell KFC that's what combination. I was gonna bring up. That's uh, the go-to. That's, a good, that's the good one, right? The the ones that combine with Long John Silver's. No thanks. Yeah. I'm not getting your Long John Silver's. Yeah, but Taco Bell KFC, you got Taco. a real choice. There. That's a good. That's you a good. Think about that's it. That's a good combination. It's a right Taco there. Bell Pizza Hut combo actually in Blacksburg. Oh really? Uh, not far from Lane Stadium. So mm. the next time you go down to see the Hokie Bird, you'll have to check it out. Every, never, everybody tells me, me that. Are you sure about that? Really? 
Yeah, it's in Christiansburg, actually. Oh, yes. Brian, Brian, the traffic reporter, you know, he's on the scene. Uh, Yeah, I was a Hokie for for the last four years. I've never been to this establishment. Everybody tells me that the Cabo Fish Taco on campus is terrific. Elite. Really? That, that is, is the. So what happened to the Cabo Fish Taco in Richmond? I don't know. I haven't been to it. You haven't been. You you need to go and test it okay. compared to the. Yeah, Hokies I am. One. I am. Because Cabo it is Blacksburg. That's yeah. the date spot. Yeah, I think that's that does Sloop John B place might have put it out of business in Richmond. That seems really? to be really popular. How popular is Sharkies? Sharkies. Every bar and in Blacksburg is lying out the door. Uh huh. So Sharkies being a bar is it, it gets. What, what a, is the Richmond version of Sharkies? I have not been to enough bars here. Okay. Uh, honestly, Buddies is pretty close. Really? If Buddies got crowded, right? Maybe or maybe like a uh, Helen's. Oh, okay. Maybe yeah. Helen. Love uh, Helen's Helen. is a bit nicer than sh- like yeah. Sharky's. Is Helen's. Definitely, like you're a single dude. Go there on a Thursday night. Same okay. with you, Brad. Thursday night Helen's is the. I was there on it's Friday. The best. What is the location yeah, yeah, for not, this? Uh, yeah. It's not a Friday night spot. It's a Thursday night singles only vibe. What but is that? Uh, right what is Benny's. that location? Uh, it's next to Benny's. Yeah, next to. Is it? Yeah, it's on the same block. Yeah, it's like right near Three Monkeys, too. Okay. Right, on, right on, in that area of the fan. I, I know, because I got Benny's. I left the bar, got go a slice, ben, go went get back. A slice. That is a big slice, <laughs> that's, too. That's in that's our top three list. That's it's in our good. top three. We have Belmont, ben, the original Jojo's Benny's is in Blacksburg. I'm a Benny's lover. This one holds up. There we go. That was Dude Food. Brian, thanks for stopping by. Thank you for having me. Yep. Check out uh, how we doing looking on the roads tonight. Uh, you be know okay? what? Better, better be good. I have a 6 o'clock meeting, so, oh. uh, and I won't even have time to eat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's Brian, the traffic reporter. Stub on the ones and twos. I'm Awad. You're listening to The Fan.